We go to work, and when we're off, we whine about our day. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Hosted by Transistor.fm. Hey guys, Sarah here. Uh, before we get started with the show, I just want to let you know that uh, because of the pandemic that we're all currently living in, all of the episodes going forward um, were recorded with Zoom, so the quality of the sound is going to be different than what you normally expect. Also, we recorded these episodes ahead of time, so what you're hearing from us doesn't reflect what's currently going on in the world. Uh, who knows what's going on in the world by the time you hear these. Hopefully we're doing better and getting a grip on this crisis. Uh, anyway, hope you enjoy the show. Cheers. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Whining with Nurses. <laughs> we're, out of, we're out of practice. <laughs> it's really hard to do in sync when you're not actually like looking at each other sitting together, you know? Yeah, it's all right. We'll get better at this. We're recording on on Zoom today. Um, That's going to be the new thing, I guess. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm Kat. And um, Sarah, what are you drinking? Um, well, though you can't see it, I have this lovely bottle of Sonoma Coast Vineyards Chardonnay. Uh, it says Gold Ridge Hills. I guess that's where the wine, the vineyard was. 2017. Um, yeah, it's tasty. Ryan and I got this one time when we went out to visit that winery last year. And um, anyway, it's nice. It's not too buttery of a Chardonnay. It's a little bit like a Sauvignon blanc Chardonnay, but definitely enough oak that you can tell it's a Chard. I I would take it. I would probably take anything right now. <laughs> oh, really? What are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking some water because um, as of this week, I hit my third trimester, of, so I'm seven months pregnant. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. So um, the beginning of it, actually, speaking of alcohol, I I thought alcohol sounded disgusting. I told myself I was like, I'm never gonna drink again. I have no desire, which will be great for my body. And then I got into the second trimester and started really wanting some margaritas. And the booze uh, didn't, well, the cravings came back. So I'm I'm jealous of your wine today. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all come back to you eventually as soon as you get that baby out and yeah. manage the feeding whatever you're going to do for that. Anyway, you'll get to drink wine again is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Yes. Three more months in August. That's um, so I'm just drinking some water. I know it's really gone by quickly, actually. I don't know if we had announced that on the podcast yet. Um, Jen and I, when we recorded last time, we weren't sure. And so we didn't say it, but I, I know the last time before we took our break, you were trying to get pregnant, but I couldn't remember if you already were or not. Yeah, I, I guess not. I got pregnant in December. So that was when I was in Spain. So our baby's a little Spanish made. 
Baby. Tempranillo in your belly. Is what? A little Tempranillo in there. Oh, yeah, I know. It's it's exciting. It's actually, it's just a good story. You know, I don't want to tell the details of it, but. (laughs) I'll tell us all about the penis and vagina. (laughs) (laughs) this is a medical podcast I guess it would fall in the category but I'm not going to (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so three more months and we get to meet our little one we don't know the gender we're keeping we're that's a secret from us too we have no idea what it is so um do you have any guesses um I have a guess just because I wanted to make a bet against someone else at work. Someone <laughs> that works at the office thinks that you're having a boy. And I was like, okay, you want to make a bet on it? And she said, what? You think she's having a girl? I was like, I have no idea. I just wanted to make a bet. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. So about 98% of people we have asked say boy. And what, what's their reason? I don't, they don't tell, I don't know. They just say, they think it's a boy. They just, everyone, I think it's a boy. I think it's a boy. I kind of think it's a boy because I've heard so many people say it at this point that it's in my brain. And I don't know. I want one of each really. So either way, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you will. (laughs) will. That's that's all going to happen. No choice. I have all the baby stuff set up and. Man, that's so exciting. And it is exciting. Ready for like birth. That's, you know, the thing that scares me aside from raising a child. But <laughs> I know you've <laughs> I been like, putting this birth, you know, a long time. So, like, how are you feeling about it? Yeah. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not looking forward to birth per se, but I'm, I think postpartum actually scares me more. Um, because I know a lot about it and that's a really hard phase. Just, you know, your nipples can get blisters and bleed and crack and not that they should, but it does happen sometimes. And, you know, just, the the cramps that you get for weeks after, uh, birth when you're breastfeeding so that your uterus clamps back down to normal size, those are painful. And, having your vagina and all the bits just really swollen and tender and you're you're really selling it here. You're really, really <laughs> selling it. <laughs> you know, but I know about all that. And so that's that, and that lasts a lot longer than labor most of the time or actually always. And you're bleeding for a long time. You know, it's just all of that sounds a lot more daunting and getting used to a newborn and handling all of that on top of no sleep for the, a while. So, uh, the labor part, you know, I, I'm still, we're reading, you know, natural birthing books and, um, practicing relaxation methods. And so it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm trying not to be too hooked on any certain vision because birth is very unpredictable. So, but I'm just going to go into it being positive and confident in myself and, it's going to be different now. My, my plan was always my whole life that my mother was going to be with me and my husband. And now because of, you know, COVID-19, we can only have one support person. And so you're going to tell both of them, never mind, And you're going to have me in there. (laughs) That's the plan. As long as you don't test positive, Sarah, 
<laughs> yeah, I guess they, they test you and your support person before you go into the hospital um, or when you get there. And if your support person's positive, they can't go and you have to do it alone unless you have someone else and then they have to come and get tested. So I'm hoping no one is positive and we, I can at least have Carter there with me. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that, that part's a little nerve wracking, but you know, just things look really different. Just being pregnant during a pandemic is not what, not, not that anything during a pandemic is what you envision, but it's, it's definitely not what I thought my whole life that I would be experiencing being pregnant, feeling like, you know, that didn't make sense, but. Yeah. I mean, there's probably been a lot of things that are different about being pregnant now than during normal times. Like, you know, I, I got your baby shower invitation and like, that's going to be different. The drive-by baby shower, which I think is a great idea, but it's just a bummer that like, we don't get to get together and watch you open a bunch of baby stuff, you know, like that's part of the excitement is like, just seeing all the the cute baby stuff and doing like cheesy baby games, you know, and just having mom mosas and all the other corny stuff that we do for baby showers these days. Like mom mosas. I've never heard of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. It's, it's disappointing, you know, that the, I wanted to be surrounded by women and friends and, have them share wisdom, not that they can't virtually or drive by shower. It's just not the same when you want, when you picture everyone sitting around and supporting you and, and being excited for you. It's drive and, and the amazingness of humans to adapt and, um, uh, you know, trying to see the positive side of look at what we've created. We're doing zoom, uh, showers, they're doing all sorts of different things. And the drive by, you know, people drive by, drop off their gift, get a goodie, visit, take a picture from the car. But that the, that we have the ability to adapt is also says something about humanity. I mean, there's good and bad and everything, but trying to focus on that positive side. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and the, the other challenges I'd say being pregnant is it, it might sound silly, but you know, if you look forward to this, you want your friends and family to see you pregnant and be around you pregnant and feel your belly or strangers to look at you and smile, um, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff that, you know, it's to get some joy. There's a lot part being pregnant is really hard and, that those are the joyous parts of it and experiencing it and sharing it with other people and reveling in their excitement. And now if I'm out grocery shopping, which is the only thing I really go out for, I can't see people smile because they don't have masks. You know, they all have masks on and my, most of my friends have only seen pictures of me pregnant and, you know, I'm working from home. So no one at work sees me, you know, I just, I don't get to share that experience how I really would like to. Which is yeah, I, I have to say though, I really appreciate your pregnant belly pictures. Like that just makes me so happy. And I love that you like sent one, just kind of a naked profile shot. I'm like, you're the fucking bomb. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just, you have the cutest pregnant belly and you look so beautiful. And I know I wish I could be there and, and feel the baby kick and experience it in person. 
but it's really nice of you to, to share that. And I showed my mom and she loved it too. She thought it was so great. And anyway, people are still joyful about you being pregnant, even if we can't, you know, express it it right together. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. (laughs) It's, it's nice to hear positive things from other people. Sometimes you just focus on, Oh, this is feels uncomfortable or, you know, all that stuff. But that's where you get the joy is seeing other people also really happy for you. And I mean, obviously I'm over the moon and I cannot wait to meet our baby. And I'm so happy and thankful that I, my body can grow a person, which is just incredible. It is. So yeah, it's been, it's been definitely a different experience. I'm hoping whenever we decide to have a second one that there will not be a pandemic or natural disaster or riots or something happening, but you never know. There, there's always something going on. There is. A, it feels like in the past four or five years, there has been something constantly happening. It's crazy. But yeah, I hope for your next baby that it's a smooth sailing kind of year. <laughs> we all need one of those anyway, you know? We do. I feel the same that it's just been one thing over the past four or five years, one thing after the, after the other, after the other, after the others. I don't remember before that it being like that. I just. Uh, me either. I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause I was thinking, um, over the past few weeks, is this just like, you get to be a certain age as an adult and then you were, you know, you are, have more responsibility in the crisis or something, or, you know what I mean? I'm like, am I just more aware of it for some reason because I'm older, but I think it's truly, it's actually just truly been what it is. You know, everybody's experiencing it. And like, it's not just a normal part of adulthood. It's like life has changed. (laughs) Yes, I would agree. I, I think the world, I think there's a lot of things that have gone into it. You know, the global warming is is really messing with the environment and that's causing the fires and then humanity and the issues that humanity has are, you know, causing other things to come up and we have to address that and fight for that. And, um, it's, it's a hard time on this. Throwing a virus on top of it. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. And a virus. Yeah. Well, uh, I know. I mean, we can only just hope that maybe this is rock bottom, though I doubt it, and of course, but maybe this is, you know, the bad spot for the next decade, and then it's going to slowly upturn, and there'll be some positive time to come. I hope so. Um, well, I'll tell you a quick, uh, like, catch up on what's been going on with me. The last time we recorded an episode, I had said that I was about to go to Chicago for a travel nurse assignment. Well, like the day before I was supposed to fly there, um, they canceled my contract. So they had overbooked nurses for the unit that I was going to, and they ended up having to cancel a bunch of nurses contracts. Um, so I didn't go. (laughs) That's so disappointing. I was looking forward to hearing your stories. I know. I was like, ah, I feel like such a loser. I mean, it's nothing that I did or anything. And then they um, were looking for another contract and they had another one available somewhere else, but it was for, you know, I think eight or 13 weeks. It was for longer. And because of everything that's going on with my mom, 
I didn't think it was a good idea to go. Um, and thankfully I didn't end up getting another assignment and, and even didn't even end up going to Chicago because my mom took a turn for the worst. She got pretty sick and I ended up going back to Virginia and, uh, staying with her for a few weeks. Um, which I'm really thankful that I had the opportunity to do that, even though it was a hard time. But, um, but yeah, if I'd been on assignment somewhere, it would have been much, much harder. And then I would have had to quarantine from her, you know, for a couple of weeks when I got to Virginia. So I just got to go straight there, go to my mom's house, take care of her, torture each other, as she said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what else do mother daughters do really? (laughs) It is a, it's, it's something moving back in with your mom as an adult. You're, I mean, you're doing it, but you and your mom, I think hang out a lot. And, and my mom and I have, you know, had our long distance relationship for a long time and we love each other, but man, yeah, there were, there were some challenges. <laughs> yeah. But that, I mean, really it works. So the Chicago not working out was in a way kind of a blessing because of everything that ended up happening with your family and your mom. And so, you know, do you think you would at some point uh, want to do the, do that again? Or are you going to think about getting more into travel nursing or was that a short stint? That was just something I was thinking about in the midst of this uh, crisis that we're in. I mean, I've done travel nursing before and I'm kind of, you know, done with it. I like where I live and I like the job that I have here. And, um, you know, so I think this was just a, a pandemic type of thing. I was, you know, trying to just get involved and get some work too, because my hours had really decreased here. Um, I think I mentioned on the last episode. And so I was trying to find somewhere that I could get solid, stable work. And I'd gotten my new job in Virginia. They were going to require me to quarantine for two weeks. So anyway, this was kind of a good way to bridge that gap. Um, It's funny because I ended up going back to Virginia because of everything going on with my mom. And a week after I got there, I got a call from the hospital in Virginia that I've been hired to. And they said, we're no longer requiring you to quarantine. So you're starting on this date. I was like, okay, I hope it works out now with everything that's going on with my mom. And it did, fortunately, but it was just kind of fun. So you did start working at that hospital in Virginia? I did. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I've talked to you about that. Are you liking it? Um, I'm just in orientation so far. I, I think it's going to be really good. I like the people on the unit um, and everyone seems to have positive things to say about the unit. But so far I've done mostly classroom stuff and then two days on the unit. One of those was really great. The other one was not so great just because I had two different preceptors and they had very different styles and not to criticize anyone, but one day was good and one day wasn't good. So I'm looking forward to when I'm just done with orientation and can start working. And I think I'll really like it there. Is it a cardiac floor again or somewhere else? It's a cardiac floor and it's busy, busy. It's, it's a big, busy unit and they don't have, um, as like the unit that I work on here in California, it is primarily cardiac patients. Um, and then we get some other things thrown in the mix the unit there in Virginia that I'm working at is a lot of different things. Like they get a lot of diabetic ketoacidosis. They get a lot of um, sepsis and just 
respiratory failure and lots of other things. So it's going to be a challenge for me to kind of remember <laughs> some of the med surge things that I've, you know, haven't, haven't yeah. seen in a while. I mean, it'll throw in some new challenges and excitement, I guess, than doing something you're really comfortable with all the time. It's, it's kind of a, sometimes kind of a good thing. Yeah. My, my mom was asking me about a friend of hers who was having some thyroid issues and I'm going, um, like, that's not really my area trying to remember <laughs> thyroid problems. And, you know, I know the basics, that, but I used to know more of it. And, you know, as you get more and more specialized, those types of things that come in, you haven't done in a while. So it's a lot harder, but Sarah, you can do anything. Oh, thank you. I, I I think I'll get the hang of it eventually. Um, it's funny you say that about as you become more specialized and you forget the other things. I had a sociology professor that said, um, as we, uh, you know, advance in our education, we learn more and more about less and less. So, exactly. I, so true. <laughs> That's well put. That's well put. Are you back to full-time work now at the hospital here in California? I mean, I would like to be, but they just, the census is still low. They've started doing procedures again, but not as many as we usually do. So the census is fluctuating a lot, but overall it's pretty low. So last week I got called off two days in a row. I finally went back last night for my first shift in almost two months. I was like, hello, everyone. It's so good to see you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a long break. Two months. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, I guess you're the last to get back because you're per diem. Yeah. Yeah. And I must feel good to see everyone again. I kind of miss, I'm working, I've been working from home since I think beginning of April, end of March. So, or sometime in March. So it's wonderful to work at home, but at the same time, I miss the connection to other human beings. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. So t tell us about that. So you, you're at the office and how long did it take them to get you set up to work from home? Like how did that get started? So I was kind of, we, I asked to do it just because I was pregnant and I'm diabetic and we were going to move in with my parents who are in their seventies and eighties. So that's all kind of high risk. And, um, they just, I think our office wasn't quite sure how it was going to, my manager didn't exactly know what I did that could be done at home. But after I explained, you know, a lot of what I do is just, it's all on the computer. There's, there's still a lot of other things, um, but I could do it from home. And so I don't know, several weeks, I don't, uh, I mean, a month, I don't know the, the, I guess the virus started in February and I don't think I started working from home until April or the very last week of March. I don't remember the date, but so it took a bit um, of convincing, but they finally agreed and set it all up on my, my, our laptop. And I got to start working from home at, at first it was very lonely. I didn't like not having a routine and waking up and sitting by myself all day. I got really, you know, a little cabin fever. And then uh, about a month later, we moved in with my parents because we're in the process of buying a house, which I'll talk about next time. But 
where we went, moved in with my parents to save money. And that was a saving grace because I got to be around other people during the day, not eight hours a day, 40 hours a week at home by myself. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, now I can at least, even though I'm really busy and I'm working, there are other people around and I can see and interact with, I can go sit outside and work on, on a nice day, which is one of the upsides of working from home. It's, I can be in my pajamas and, you know, um, especially being pregnant, nothing's comfortable. So I can be in really comfortable clothing all day and still be really productive, which has been good. That is nice. I didn't even think about that, that you could go do your work from outside. That sounds great. Yeah. Sitting outside in the sun and sipping your coffee and calling patients is glorious. I wish everyone had the opportunity to do it. Um, Most nurses never would because that's just not the reality, but thankfully I'm, I'm just kind of in that Goldilocks situation right now. I'm not sure how long I will be working from home. I was told it would be until the stay at home is lifted. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of day by day. Not sure. It's up in the air. Uh, I will be going on maternity leave uh, once I go into labor. (laughs) So I I don't know if I'm going to end up working from home until I deliver and then go on maternity leave at work. You know, there's no, everything is, especially with this whole pandemic, everything's just up in the air for everything, for the world, for, you know, protocols. And it's big. And I feel really bad that, you know, the other nurses at work have taken on some more of the responsibility because I'm here and the other nurse I work with is at the office. So obviously she has to see all the patients and respond to any emergencies and do the paperwork. I can't do physical, you know, hands-on. And Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot for, to fall, to ask her to do. So I do have that guilt. Um, I'm still very busy though. I work, you know, today I even clocked out and then just kept working a little bit more to finish my work because I was quite busy and it's, um, it's not like sitting at home and just slacking off. Sure. There are some days where it's slower and then I can take the opportunity to, you know, catch up on emails or read or something. But most of the time it is, it's busy. Um, it's, it's pretty busy and I'm doing the same stuff. I'm calling patients. I'm looking at labs. I'm doing medication. I took over the whole Coumadin clinic because our Coumadin clinic nurse is on uh, unemployment. So I took over that, which is a a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it. Any other questions about that? I'm trying to think. (laughs) No, I mean, it's, it's funny because when this first got started and you initially worked, went to work from home, I went in to help out at the office for a couple of days and there were so many phone calls. It seemed like things had changed. Um, like the patient the workflow had changed in the office because nobody wanted to come in for an appointment. And whenever um, in, in the office, whenever there aren't very many doctors in the office or for whatever reason, there aren't very many patients in the office, the nursing phone calls increase by a lot. And so I remember just thinking, this is crazy. Like the nursing department is going to change here permanently, you know, there's just going to be so many phone calls going forward. And then it seemed like they 
you know, worked it out to pretty quickly to do the telehealth visits with the doctors. Yeah, thankfully they did. So people don't want to come in. So instead they call and they ask the nurses questions. But like you said, they're, they're doing telehealth. So people feel more comfortable. They can still have their appointments. We're getting, um, you know, a better workflow. And now we figured out several weeks ago how to get me on phones again. So thankfully that takes a little stress off of my coworker to always be answering those million calls. And now she can send me calls if she needs help or we rotate and I do phones one day and she does the other stuff. And now we're doing that. So we've, as, as expected, when you have to adjust to something new, there's going to be kinks and you work them out and you figure out better ways to do it. And that's exactly what we're working on. We're not sure if this is going to be going forward. Just, you know, nobody really knows what the new world, if you want to say, is going to look like. And are we going to have some more people be working at home a few days a week? So it's just something, you know, it's an adjustment period. And um, some of the doctors, or I think just one doctor is working from home. So he's not coming in at all, but doing telehealth visits. And I think it's actually great. I think, you know, I personally, for my endocrinology appointments, are do, I'm doing telehealth with my doctors. And it's a really good tool. People maybe that are physically disabled or have a really hard time getting around or out or really old or really fragile can now do a telehealth visit and still feel that they have access to healthcare and not have to leave their home, which I think is a tool that was underutilized before. And now people realize that it, it really can work. Yeah. It's pretty cool not to be ageist, but like that the elderly population that you take care of in the office has adapted to the technology pretty quickly. Like not everyone is down for a Zoom or a Skype telehealth visit, but so many people seem like they have been and and you got to give them credit for adapting because technology can be intimidating for anyone. Even I mean me, I'm, I'm <laughs> elderly and I totally screwed up our last podcast recording. I mean, big time. So <laughs> it's not easy. I feel you. I'm the same. I'm going to be one of those I mean, it's something new, you know, but I still, I have to have Carter help me do anything with technology. <laughs> so that is really impressive to have them. Also, I think a lot of them are doing an option if, if they can't figure out Zoom, they're doing a phone call or something like that. So there's a lot more flexibility. I think it's good to, you know, I don't know, I think, especially our generation, we're more open to telehealth or working from home and just alternative ways to do things. And I think that's, now our system is open up to that. So um, that might be just a good thing in general that happened. Hey, how, I've been meaning to ask you, how did they set you up with phones, by the way? Are you using your cell phone or what? Yeah, so because, because I have unlimited data, I use my cell phone. Um, I still, I have, so when I remotely get into the computer, it's, I'm physically, I'm like taking over the computer at my work. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have, I can fax from there. If I fax electronically, it's all through there. So I can do everything that I did at work on um, as far as technologically and the phone calls, I have the program that we use for phones. So that's all on my computer. All the voicemails go there. I can call people through it. Um, and because I have unlimited data, I don't, I don't know. I think if I didn't, I was going to have to pay for uh, the 
the calls or something, they reimbursed you or they would have given me a phone or something. But, you know, we didn't really know how long this was going to last. Initially, we thought it was a two-week thing. And right. it's, <laughs> it's obviously lasted for months. So going forward, if this were to be something that we put in place for all nurses at our office to maybe be able to work a few days from home and everyone's alternating, they might set us up with phones. I'm not sure. But yeah, currently I just use my cell phone and my AirPods. Um, if this is a long term, I would buy a headset and set up a whole everything. Uh, but that's what I'm doing for now. It works out fine. It's a little annoying. I, I wish I had the headset and everything's at the office is set up to be at an office and it works really well. So it's a little inconvenient, but it's fine. Are you calling patients with your personal number? Like, do they get your personal cell phone number? So I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to, I think if you do star 69, it, it makes it a private number. Some mm -hmm. patients don't accept calls in private numbers. So then I can use our phone call program and dial the number through there. And then it hooks to my phone and it can call the patient. Okay. I was just but curious. Sometimes, sometimes I do just call them and um, they usually don't call me. I have had a few people call me on my phone. I just don't answer. And I changed my voicemail to say, you know, it's my regular voicemail. And then at the end I say, if you're returning a call from you know, our office, um, please call this number. Oh, that's a good idea. And then I haven't, I've had like maybe two people that still left a message and then I would call them back or if they would text and say, I'm not available. I'm like, okay, please call blah, blah, blah. Whenever you're free, you know, please call our office. Um, so it's fine. I don't, it, it's, it's working out, but I, I don't, I wouldn't have to share my number. I could, you know, we can use the phone program. Okay. That's cool. I, I remember when we had the 2017 fires and I was at the office full time. I did that from home for, I don't know, maybe a week or something. So I was just calling people with my cell phone. Um, but everyone was really respectful. I was surprised I didn't get any return calls in the middle of the night or, you know, just late or really, really early or whatever. So I just yeah. was curious if you were having that experience now that you're doing such a high volume, it's been so long, you know, it seems like. Yeah, have access. It's really worked, and it's sorry to cut you off. It's really worked out. Uh, the and and because I have the option to use the phone program that you have through the computer and make those calls, um, if it were to be an issue, I could always do that, and it would always look like it would, you know, the number would come from our office. It wouldn't be my phone at all. It would be routed through my cell phone, but no one would know. But yeah, so I don't always do that because it's a, it takes longer. It's a process, and um, it's worked out. That's cool. Anything the patients are saying about all of this? You know, what's the general feeling about how things are going? Mostly they're really concerned just about us. And they're always saying, I hope you guys are staying safe. Are you opened? Are you still getting patients to come in? You know, how are you guys handling it? Um, the people that are concerned ask what we're doing in the office to keep people safe. And then I review the protocols that are mandated and that we're following and that's comforting to them. And if it's not enough or they're still nervous, then, you know, we're doing telehealth. Um, and a lot of them are just staying every time we, you know, when you end a call, just, okay, we'll stay safe. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they're just, they're, they're pretty positive. I haven't had anyone angry. I think we, we all feel like we're in the same boat to, you know, we're in this together.
That's cool. Yeah, a lot of them say thank you. Thank you for working. Thank you for being there. And thank you for still helping us, which is nice. Yeah, that's, that's, it's, it does feel like it's another one of those situations where, um, it's a crisis and it brings people together. Not everyone, not everything has been positive, but with, um, nurses and patients and, you know, just the healthcare field in general, it seems like people have been really supportive and just, oh, my dryer just went off. I hope you didn't hear that <laughs> anyway, but yeah. everyone's been really supportive and, and, um, like it's been a community kind of, uh, feel, you know, puts you more in touch with your community. Yeah. Well, speaking of not supportive, do you have any, any wines for the whining podcast? A wine of the month. Um, yeah, I was thinking I would do, um, we could share some wines of the month that are COVID related, just doesn't even have to be specifically about nursing, um, but just things that personally suck for us about COVID. Um, okay, you go first. For us to like, just, you know, everyone's experiencing this differently and everyone has different complaints and also then um, positive things that they're experiencing. So just be completely indulgent. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to say whatever I feel like and not feel guilty. Um, not that we should, but you know, 100%, no one should feel guilty about their valid feelings. So I want to hear your feelings about it. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'll share two. So one thing is I'm so sick of eating the same things over and over. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Our cooking game is so boring, especially since, you know, Ryan and I have been trying to eat more of a plant-based diet. We're not strict vegan or anything, and we're not even strictly vegetarian. Like we have a, a treat here and there, but the stuff we're making at home has gotten to be, oh, so repetitive and I'm just sick of it. I'm so oh, sick of it. I feel you. Yeah. That's, everyone is really either learning how to cook or is really tired of cooking. It's nice that some things are opening up and takeout is like a savior, you know, but man, that is so (laughs) boring. So there's my petty petty, uh, wine of the month. What's your Um, I just, this one's not petty at all. I really just want to hug people. I miss people so much. And, you know, I went back to Virginia and, um, I got to see my mom and my stepdad and, um, eventually they let me hug them, (laughs) which was great. But then, you know, my siblings and I were all still keeping our distance from each other. And I just want to hug everyone and, you know, pick up and hold my nieces and nephews and my friends too. I just want to hug. I really... I'm finding that I don't do well with loneliness at all. And it takes a very low threshold for me to be lonely. Like I still interact with tons of people on the phone and on zoom. And I even see lots of people because I go to work, you know? Um, but man, it is still very lonely. <laughs> it is. I well, need really... a lot of social interaction and touching. Yeah. And I think it makes, it makes a lot of people realize how, uh, we really are a species of uh, that depend on other relationships. Like that's how we feel good is is other connection with other people. So I feel that that that's probably the hardest part of all this 
besides obviously people dying and how terrible it is, but yeah, missing physical touch is huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. I'll tell um, you what, Ryan's being touched a lot more than he's probably used to by me. <laughs> as soon as he comes home, I'm like, hello, you're back, thank God. <laughs> when you when you work, do you guys this is a little bit different. I just had a question. Um, do you do you are you wearing extra protective equipment at work even though you're not on like a COVID floor or anything? Everyone's wearing a face mask just to protect the patients in case any of us have picked up the virus somewhere. So just yeah. a simple face mask. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> um, so my wine would be about this. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like the cooking, the same thing over and over, but I'm just, because I work at home and then after work I clock out and then I relax at home and then it's the weekend and then I'm weekending at home and it's like, I'm so tired. I want to, I miss hiking. I miss seeing other human beings at restaurants and movies and watching people smile that I don't know that are just talking to each other and nothing to do with me, but I can just observe. Like, I just miss that stuff. I, I, I'm so tired of being at home, any home, any place, just over <laughs> and over, you know, work. I work at home. I, mean, I think working at home makes it harder because I don't, I don't get to leave. I'm just here all the time. Yeah. And Does I Carter leave for work. Yeah. So he's this whole time because his work is hands on. He can't really work remotely. Mm-hmm. So, so you're he, just there by yourself a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, my parents are here, but once we move into our house in July, um, I will be again home by myself if I'm still working from home and and that is tough it's again that human connection i can talk to people on the phone but otherwise being alone all day every day and then you know you don't get to come home and relax and your home isn't you know you're you're already there it's just it's just really it's really tough and i bet all other stay at home parents right now are rolling their eyes but um well, whatever. That's what this segment's about. Like, whatever yeah. your complaint is, is your complaint. It's different yeah. for everyone. And and I'm not complaining that, like, I, I'm working. I'm, I feel very, very lucky to be able to work at home. It's just that's the other side of it is you're always at home all the time. And it's not like home is now this, oh, I get to go home and relax. It's like, I want to leave. I've been here all day, every day, every eh. – anyway, that's my wine. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I have a thing that I'm grateful for, and it's kind, it's like, you know, COVID related. Um, so I, I'm, I'm thankful that I, I, I had the time to go home and be with my mom in Virginia. Um, but I think it would have been more challenging for me to do if I'd been really busy with work here, because there's always a reason, for, you know, that I can come up with to justify needing to work more. and there wasn't a lot of work for me here. And so it was just made it a really easy decision to go home and be with my mom. And I'm just really thankful that I had that time um, to do that and that there weren't very many people flying. Um, I was on a flight on my way there and there were nine people on the flight. And oh my gosh, leg of the flight, there were 20. So I got my own row. Oh my God. When I got on the second leg of the flight, I was one of the early boarders and some guy came and sat right in front of me. And I was like, really, there's all this space. You want to sit right in front of me? So I just moved anyway. It was great. 
That's so <laughs> crazy. Like what a time that we're living in. Really. I keep saying that over and over whenever I leave the house, looking at people in their masks, like what is happening? This is such a weird time. It um, is. And I was glad that there weren't very many people on the flight because my mom was initially going to have me quarantine myself at one of my siblings' houses for two weeks before I could see her. And because there was, because she was worried about me being exposed to someone in the airport. But when I sent her videos of like, there's no one here, it's a ghost town and I'm sitting next to no one and I'm wearing a face mask and, you know, not that the face mask protects me that much, but, um, you know, I think it made her feel better. Um, anyway, she was like, just come to the house. So <laughs> that's good. It worked out. Yeah. That's wonderful yeah. that you got to spend time with her and otherwise you might not have. So that's yeah. really nice. Um, I'm also thankful for something similar that I have, though it doesn't have not that it doesn't have its challenges, but I have got to spend a lot of time with my parents that um, I I wouldn't have before. So now that we're living with them, um, we've just, you know, my mom has really gotten to experience, a, one person has experienced my pregnancy and it's my mom, you know, she's been with me every single day and, um, and my dad. So that is really nice. I, I enjoyed this time you know, living with family is always a bit challenging. So Mm -hmm. that, you know, but, but it is really nice. It's just, I think quality time with people you love is really important. And it's something that, especially now when we have limited access to other people that makes you feel really good. So, uh, um, yeah, also spending time with your mom. It's, uh, it's like being educated more and more about less and less you have like uh, more and more intimacy with fewer and fewer people. Yeah, exactly. Really, really is what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, good feelings. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> All right. Well, well thanks for listening, everyone. Um, you can write to us at www.nurses at gmail.com. Tell us what you're complaining about what are your complaints uh or what are you grateful for um we're also on facebook at whining w nurses that's w-i-n-i-n-g on instagram at whining with nurses thanks for joining us guys bye cheers whining with nurses